0: Welcome to the show, I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Today, we're gonna talk about the flu. Now, not only are we going through a global pandemic, but the Northern Hemisphere is just about to start flu season. Now, the common cold and flu are both contagious, viral infections of the respiratory tract. Although the symptoms can be similar, the flu is much worse. A cold may drag you down a bit, but the flu can really make us sick or worse. With hospitals on the ready, in case we have an outbreak of COVID, we wanna protect ourselves the best we can from the flu to not only stay healthy ourselves, but to reduce the burden on the medical system. The good news is we're all pros at following public health advice now. And the same tactics we've used like hand washing and mask wearing and avoiding large gatherings will also protect us from the flu. The one thing that's different between COVID and the flu though, is that there's a vaccine for the flu. Now the government of Newfoundland has recently implemented a brand new flu program that allows for free and easy access to the flu vaccine for all Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. So today we have the one and only Minister of Health, the Honorable Dr. John Hagee to walk us through what we need to know about the flu and how to get immunized. Now, all of us know who Minister Hagee is from his regular pandemic briefings, but you may not know about his background, which I might add is really impressive. The Honorable John Hagee was born in England and completed his medical studies at Victoria University in Manchester. He held several positions as a physician and surgeon. And after a two year fellowship, he received a doctorate in cancer research. Since moving to Canada in the early 90s, Minister Hagee has had a long and distinguished career in medicine in Newfoundland and Labrador. He practiced initially as a General Surgeon in St. Anthony with Grenfell Regional Health Services. And in 1997, he was appointed the Attending Surgeon of General and Vascular Surgery at James Patton Memorial Hospital in Gander. In 2008, he was appointed Chief of Staff of that hospital. Now, Dr. Hagee has served as the President of the Newfoundland and Labrador Medical Association and the Canadian Medical Association. And in Newfoundland's 2015 general election, he was elected MHA for the District of Gander and appointed to cabinet to serve as the Minister of Health and Community Services. And he continues to serve that department today, as we all know. Now, he took time out of his busy schedule to chat with us from his office about what we need to know about navigating flu season in Newfoundland and Labrador. Let's check it out. Hello. Can How you hear me? You? I can hear you perfectly. But... How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you? Good, thanks.
0: Oh, thanks for being here today. It's great to be with you, Mike. Well, we're going to talk about something that's really important right now. Everybody's been thinking about COVID-19 and the pandemic, but something that all of us should pay attention to right now is the upcoming flu season. Uh, give, me a, give me a little background on on the flu and why is it something we got to sort of be conscious of.
1: Well, every year we have... Uh, Two peaks usually of influenza in Newfoundland and Labrador. And that always produces, you know, hospital admissions, illness, and unfortunately uh, some deaths. Mm. So uh, this year, particularly with COVID on the go, uh, we are concerned that if we got two of these spikes together, that it would be a real challenge for our healthcare system. Uh, and we would have a, a bigger problem than we, we've had in the past. So uh, the thing about the flu is that we have a vaccine for flu, whereas we don't have one for COVID. So if we can at least get our vaccination numbers good, uh, then we think we've done what we can to avoid getting these two peaks together.
0: Right. And so for folks that aren- don't really understand how vaccines work, what is the flu shot, and how does it actually protect people from getting the flu? It's a
1: vaccination. It's an immunization. I mean, we're very good as a province on childhood immunizations. Our rate's about 98%. But when you get to adults, and particularly with flu, we don't really do very well. To coin Justin Trudeau's phrase, we suck, in actual fact, some <laughs> years. Um, so basically what it is, is it's dead virus, and that is used, the the covering, the coating of the dead virus triggers your immune system to build antibodies to that particular virus. We have to design it, we have to do it differently each year because the flu strains that we see change each year. So the flu vaccine that we use for general population consists of four strains of uh, influenza, uh, two of influenza A and two of influenza B. And we, the national vaccine panels, choose those strains based on what happens in Australia, because their flu season is exactly the opposite of ours and ahead of ours. So we pick the top two strains of A, and the top two strains of B, and then our manufacturers make these vaccines for us. And that's what we call the standard quadrivalent, because there's four uh, flu shots.
0: Right. And so there's a there's, there's a trivalent and a quadrivalent, uh, right? Um, who, who gets what if there's different types of flu shots, or are they all the same this year?
1: No, they, they, they've always been a high dose one. The high dose one is the trivalent one. It's called the uh, flu zone. Uh, and what we do uh, with that is we buy that for people who are seniors who are frail and people who are immunocompromised. And the reason we do that is there's extra um, antigen in there. Again, it's all dead. It's all harmless. Mm-hmm. Um, but we pick Uh, or the vaccine panel pick the top three flu strains for that one. Uh, And uh, uh, it's useful for those people whose immune system isn't very good or who are very frail, because um, as you get older, your immune system isn't as efficient. And in these particular individuals, we know that if we give them a little bit more of the antigen, a little bit more of the dead virus, the response that they get is better protection for them. Uh, just because you're old, over 65 doesn't mean that you actually need the high dose. Um, uh, it, it's it's a part of the, the kind of triage for that. So we've got that for frail seniors and for immunocompromised people. But for anybody else, the regular quadrivalent is great.
0: So it's kind of like exposing. It's like uh, soccer practice where you expose the other team's plays and you learn the plays. So when the real team hits, you've got a, a bit of a defense set up.
1: No, that's right. Your body's immune system to react needs to know what it's going to react to. So we use it for uh, measles and mumps and rubella and, and tetanus and these kind of things. Uh, and uh, this is the, the approach for flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as I say, what our aim this year is to do is to get our figures as good as we possibly can. We've set ourselves an 85% target, which mm-hmm. is ambitious. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I think it's achievable.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing for folks they might be like, well, I already had a flu shot in the past, so I must be immunized for this year. But do people need to get it immunized every year?
1: Yes. Uh, two reasons. One is for some reason, uh, flu antibodies fade over time. Uh, they're usually pretty good for six months, but thereafter they tend to be much less effective. And the second thing is those antibodies only work against specific strains, specific uh Flavours of influenza A or B, uh, and those change each year, which is why we go through this process uh, in our summer of figuring out what's going on in Australia, so we're ready for our season when it comes because those viruses seem to come our way.
0: Okay, so that's another thing about effectiveness and safety. So they've they've already there's people in the world that have already been exposed to this. They've developed different vaccines. They've tried them out. Um, How effective uh, is the flu shot?
1: It's pretty good. Uh, It's not as good as some of them uh, in the sense of, you know, uh, rubella or mumps, those kind of things. But, uh, and and it does vary from year to year. So, um, by and large, it's over 75, 80% effective. There are some years where it's not. And sometimes that actually occurs because uh, we kind of got it wrong. Instead of those four strains coming from Australia, uh, you know, three of them did, but another one snuck in, and that kind of uh, um, that, that kind of uh, gets through the safety net, as it were. But again, uh, it's it's about reducing risk, not guaranteeing no risk.
0: Mm. And and you know, I, I think that some there's a lot of media out there uh, that may not be based in a lot of scientific fact that can sometimes scare people when it comes to taking vaccinations. But the flu shot is extremely safe, correct?
1: Correct, yeah, it is. And and you're right, there, there are people out there who have opinions about vaccines and their their safety and their efficacy. Uh, and I have found that it's very difficult to use evidence and science to persuade them uh, that the evidence and science doesn't support their, their belief. Uh, and at the end of the day, it is a belief, it's an opinion and, and uh, it is what it is.
0: So just to reiterate, the flu shot is very safe you can't get the flu from the flu shot. And most people have no side effects except maybe a tender arm. Severe side effects and allergic reactions are also very rare. But if you do have any concerns, you can speak with the public health professional providing the flu shot for more information. We're here talking about the upcoming flu season with the Honorable Dr. John Hagee, Minister of Health for the Government of Newfoundland and Labrador. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. I'm here with the Minister of Health, the Honorable Dr. John Hagee, talking about the upcoming flu season and the provincial programs available to help Newfoundlanders and Labradorians get immunized this fall. In this segment, he'll walk us through some reminders on our own personal hygiene practices and how to organize your flu shot through the new government program called Time for the Shot. Let's get back to our interview. Why is it so important that we get this high number of people vaccinated? Like, how does, how does the difference between half of us getting vaccinated and 85% actually impact us as a community?
1: You see, the virus doesn't really care about us. It, it, it wants to live and survive and reproduce. Uh, so once um, a, a, a certain proportion of the population are immune to it by vaccination, uh, really, there's not enough chance for it to be able to spread. In a host that will allow it to spread, someone who's not immune to it. That figure is around 75, 85%. You can argue 5% either way because the statistics are are sometimes different. But if you get to those levels, then the virus itself just simply can't find fertile ground. It's like trying to grow plants in, in rock.
0: How long does the flu virus really last in somebody? I guess, is that the latency of how long they have the flu?
1: Well, it, th- there is an incubation period, and that's a few days. Uh, I mean, the thing is, the virus survives in a population because it, it infects one individual who then infects somebody else. Yeah. And by and large, the difference between influenza and COVID is that people who get the flu uh, are fairly uniformly infective, that they will, they will infect a steady number of people. And it, it, it's what's called a deterministic uh, spread. Mm-hmm. COVID, we're now finding out, uh, you know, a lot of people who get it um, may only spread it to one or two people. But a very few number, a very small number of people with COVID spread it to a huge number of individuals. And these are these so-called super spreaders. And that's the difference between COVID and influenza. COVID mm-hmm. has this more random spread, and it makes it very difficult to uh, to, to deal with compared with the flu.
0: Mm. And, I, and, and just to clarify for people that are listening, if you get a flu shot, it makes you uh, vaccinated against the flu, but it doesn't impact our likelihood of contracting COVID if we're exposed to it, correct?
1: No, and, and you're quite correct. I think that's a very useful point to bring out, Mike. What it is doing, though, is it stop you getting hit with two diseases. Mm. You only have the risk of, of COVID, which yeah. is going to be with us for a little while yet. Uh, we don't know when a vaccine in Canada would be available. Uh, and, you know, when and, and how we would get that. Uh, there's lots of hope around that in terms of earlier in the new year uh, or into the summer, but that is hope and it's not yet a, a real concrete timeline.
0: Mm, and I mean, you know, people uh, have to realize too that uh, the less people that get the flu, the less burden it's gonna be in the healthcare system and frees it up in case we do experience something with that. And also the flu can be very dangerous for a lot of people as well, in particular those high risk populations. Um, for the, we, we kind of alluded to that earlier, but who are the people that are most at risk that should really be paying attention to getting the flu shot?
1: Anybody who has a significant underlying illness. Uh, we've seen that with COVID, but certainly we know that that's true of the flu. Uh, it is an illness that seems to pick on the older. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems to pick on those with um, many mul- multiple uh, medical problems. But anyone who has, you know, respiratory problems already, COPD, or who has heart disease, or who has an immune system that doesn't quite work as it should, Mm -hmm. uh, those are people for whom flu is particularly problematic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, uh, again, the vaccine is the single best thing you can do for that. But that actually also... We shouldn't sideline some of the other things you can do to reduce the risk of flu and COVID because they're common in that they spread through the nose and respiratory. So masks, uh, you know, crowded spaces you should avoid, long contact indoors, these kind of things we're talking about with COVID will actually help with flu too. But with flu, we have the vaccine.
0: Right. And washing our hands. I see the, the wipes behind you at your desk to make sure it's sanitized. You're doing a good job. So let's review the personal practices that are important for keeping viruses at bay. Even if for most of us, this is just a reminder of what we already know. As the weather shifts and we start to migrate inside, remember to wash your hands and avoid touching your face whenever possible. If we're out in public, we're already wearing our masks as part of the provincial mandate, but also be sure to use hand sanitizer when provided at stores and shops. Maintain our six feet or two meters of distance from one another sanitize frequently used surfaces regularly and make sure we don't burst our bubbles. If we're around other people, let's use proper coughing and sneezing etiquette to avoid spreading germs. And if you have symptoms of a cold or maybe symptoms of a flu or something worse, be sure to contact public health or your health provider for advice. Now let's get back to Minister Haggie to learn more about flu vaccination and what we can do to stay healthy this flu season. How do you expect the flu to manifest this year?
1: Well, we, we, we seem to have had, and I mean, we're still looking at some of the data. And again, the same people who are dealing with COVID on a day to day basis are the ones that would look at and analyze last season's flu data. But we, uh, um, anecdotally, from stories we've heard from the RHAs at the moment, think our, our second flu peak really didn't come in the way we we would usually get it Newfoundland and Labrador is a little bit different than the rest of Canada we typically get two peaks we start around christmas and into the new year then we have a second peak uh, towards the uh, the end of winter and the beginnings of spring mm-hmm. uh, and we didn't really see that last year yeah. uh, and we think that that might have been some of the uh, the uh, the covid measures right. because they certainly certainly it. so uh, again Um, We're cautiously optimistic about the vaccination numbers so far. We had a really good start. We've tried to make it as widely available as possible, but really the proof of that pudding will come around December, uh, early New Year, to see uh, what the situation is with our flu numbers.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that right now, about how people can go and get a flu shot. First of all, is there a cost to getting a flu shot?
1: No, it is free. For any uh, MCP card holder in Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, this year we'd already had a, an agreement with the pharmacists uh, that predated COVID to say we we had a a, a drug plan uh, flu shot that was free to card holders uh, through pharmacists. Uh, we neg- we discussed that with them uh, prior to COVID, and uh, we'd already agreed that we'd simply just expand that program so they get the same. Uh, arrangements and fees and all that good stuff. What we have done this year is we've agreed to supply the vaccine for the pharmacy so they don't have to pay for the standard vaccine. And for those people who might need PPE to administer it, uh, given COVID on the go, we've also got an arrangement to help them source that too. So pharmacists, uh, again, they're private businesses. They set their own schedule and their own clinics. The Regional Health Authority, the public health clinics, they're all up and running. Uh, time for the shop.CA you go online you can ar- arrange your own appointment um, and that's the difference between previous years we didn't want a lot of people turning up in a small space at the same time because of covid so the appointments are key to uh, to, to doing that um, if you have challenges with internet or the phone or, or that kind of thing you can phone um, a toll-free number which will uh, the operator there will effectively put your data in for you into that very same program. Uh, physicians' offices, uh, again, for those physicians who are prepared to run um, flu clinics, uh, we have provided the vaccine, we have uh, offered them PPE should they need it, uh, and they will organize their own uh, and um, uh, they can they can administer those flu shots too. Uh, there are um, opportunities for medium-sized businesses as well. We've provided them with a grant so they can use their workplace to, uh, to vaccinate employees. We will provide uh, funding for a health care provider. If they don't have one on staff, we'll provide the vaccine. We'll give them access to PPE. I think really and honestly, we've had, uh, we've had a very good uh, uh, widespread kind of, uh, uh, of approach to this.
0: That's excellent. So how do people say you're an employer and you want to avail of that program? How does somebody get a hold of uh, the people at the health department to be able to? Well,
1: they can go either through the Department of Health uh, or they can go through the business response team, which we set up for COVID. I've got here the number uh, for uh, the toll free uh, line for those people who are. Um, maybe having experiencing difficulties or aren't really comfortable with the internet. And at one eight three three nine five one three nine zero four.
0: Excellent. I'll repeat that at the end too. That's, a, that's an important number of people. So when they call this line, do they have to have their MCP card? What's the process once they call?
1: It, it's helpful if they have their MCP number and the, the operator will ask for a date of birth too. Uh, and they will then feed that information. And that's exactly the same as if you or I were going on the website. That's the information we would have to provide, the name that's on the card uh, and uh, the MCP number of date of birth. There has been a little bit of a, an issue with the, the, uh, the site. Um, uh, for some reason, uh, if you are booking multiple appointments, uh, you can only use the email once. So put, if you, once you make yours, put the email in so you can get notified Uh, because they like to send reminders. So that's why they ask an email or a cell number. Uh, Once you've done that, then leave the email field blank for the rest of your family. And there's a little notes thing at the bottom that you can explain.
0: So to book your flu shot, visit the government of Newfoundland and Labrador site, www.timefortheshot.ca. I'll have this address and the phone number available again at the end of the show. We're talking with the Honorable Dr. John Hagee, Minister of Health, about everything you need to know about the upcoming flu season. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. We're talking with the Minister of Health, the Honorable Dr. John Hagee, about the importance of flu shots. But first, let's talk about who should get the flu shot. While the Newfoundland and Labrador immunization program recommends and provides flu vaccine for all persons above six months old, the flu vaccine is especially important for people who are at risk of developing complications from the flu. It's also important to immunize people who are able to spread the influenza virus to those that are higher risk populations. These could be people like healthcare workers and other caregivers. Now, some of the high risk groups for the flu are people with chronic conditions that require doctor's care, persons that are morbidly obese, those that are in residential care, children between the ages of six and 59 months, people that are over 60 years old, pregnant women, indigenous population, and healthcare workers and household contacts of people that are at high risk for flu complications. It's also important for essential workers to get immunized. Now, immunization shouldn't be delayed because of a minor acute illness. However, people with moderate or severe illness should talk to their doctors before getting immunized. Also, people that have had a known allergy to any component of the vaccine or people that have had a serious allergic reaction in the past. That's some important information on who should get the vaccine. But now let's talk to Minister Hagee about what happens when we go get the flu shot. Okay. So say I'm afraid of needles, never had a flu shot in my life, which I have had flu shots, but say I didn't. What happens when I go in for my flu shot? Put some, put some people's mind at ease here.
1: <laughs> I mean, I can only really speak to my own experiences, either through uh, local business, the pharmacy in Gander, mm-hmm. or, or alternatively public health. Um, but uh, you know, it's a very uh, personable kind of thing. Um, A lot of uh, pharmacies actually have a system whereby you can provide some information upfront online and you get a little QR code and you can scan your phone or or you can print it off and take it in. Um, uh, It checks about things like allergies and and the usual health questions uh, um, a provider would ask. So they'll ask you if you're allergic to uh, uh, eggs or anything special, if you've ever had a flu shot before, do you have flu symptoms at the moment? These kind of questions. They'll then take you into a private area uh, where, or a separate area where you can sit down uh, and they'll talk you through the process. I mean, you know, it's a little ouch, as one, uh, one seven year old said to me when she was having hers just ahead of me. Um, but it, it's, it, it is uh, a short term ouch for a, yeah. a medium term significant gain. Most of the kids I've seen never turn a hair.
0: Yeah, right. And when you're finished with it, you don't feel sick. Some people can need to sit there for a little while just to make sure they're okay because they're not used to needles. But in general, there's no side effects from it. People don't end up getting sick or having flu symptoms afterwards. No,
1: I mean, you cannot get flu from the flu shop. That's another yeah. myth that's out there, and and uh, you know it, it, we get lots of common colds at this time of the year, and we've seen that cause some uh, issues lately. Uh, mm-hmm. but you don't get sick from it. What they ask you to do is stick around for about fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Very rarely uh, do some people have um, uh, some some issues with you know feeling a little off color. Uh, it's very uncommon though, as you said at the beginning. It's a very safe vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, you may get a little bit of an ache there the following day, maybe a little bit of uh, of discomfort. But really and honestly, it, it's it's nothing to write home about at all.
0: Yes, and, and I think you made a point earlier as, as we reiterate that for a second, uh, we get the flu shot it doesn 't make us immune to COVID nineteen and it doesn 't mean we don 't wash our hands and we don't uh, <laughs> don 't go around giving high fives and all that stuff. We still stick to the same public health advice you 've given all along because
1: hand sanitizers, good cough, and sneeze etiquette these kind of things because there are other viruses out there tis the season for all those kind of respiratory viruses, rhinoviruses, those kind of things so mm-hmm.
0: So I want to revisit one important point that makes this year different from others when it comes to getting the flu shot with some recent research. This year, more than ever, we need to look after one another, including our healthcare workers and those that are in the hospital already or may need access to our healthcare system in case an outbreak of COVID-19 occurs like there is almost everywhere else on the planet. Flu vaccinations have been shown in several studies to reduce the severity of illness in people who get vaccinated but still get sick. In one 2017 study, it showed that flu vaccinations reduced deaths, intensive care admissions, ICU length of stay, and overall duration of hospitalization among hospitalized flu patients. Another 2018 study showed that among adults hospitalized with the flu, vaccinated patients were 59% less likely to be admitted to the ICU than those who had not been vaccinated. Among adults in the ICU with the flu, vaccinated patients on average spent four fewer days in the hospital than those that were not vaccinated. Those days and beds may be crucially important if things go sideways. And until we have a vaccine for COVID-19, we should do everything we can to keep each other safe. One thing we haven't covered yet is what are the signs and symptoms of the flu? Well, they can include high fever, chills, headache, aches and pains, extreme fatigue and weakness, running your stuffy nose, sneezing, coughing and chest discomfort, or a sore throat. Since we have access to an effective vaccine that's free of cost, that means we have a good chance of avoiding these miserable symptoms we just mentioned. So to find out how to book your flu shot, visit timefortheshock.ca and book online. From that site, you can book your flu immunization, select a convenient location that's close to home, and appointment time. It's really super easy. Now, if you aren't internet savvy, then the government's put another solution in place for that as well. You can call the number Minister Hagee mentioned earlier at 1-833-951-3904. That's 1-833-951-3904. There's a lot of information on that webpage in case you have questions, including resources for employers and healthcare professionals. So that's the lowdown on flu season and how to get vaccinated. When we come back, we'll finish our conversation with Minister Hagee talking about COVID-19 and the pandemic, where we stand on getting a vaccine, the Atlantic bubble, and what we need to do as we continue on with the new normal. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm here with Minister of Health, the Honorable Dr. John Hagee. In the first part of the show, we talked about the upcoming flu season and what we need to do to get immunized and stay healthy. In this final segment, we spoke about Newfoundland and Labrador's response to the pandemic, what the outlook for the vaccine looks like and how long the Atlantic bubble is going to be around for. Let's check it out. So let's switch gears a little bit now. Let's talk about the pandemic just for just for a little bit. Um, we're having a very different experience than almost the entire rest of the world. We were talking briefly about Belgium earlier and, and how Europe's going through uh, a change. How are we doing as a province compared to Canada and then other places around the world? We uh, and, and Atlantic Canada uh, mm. are doing very well.
1: Uh, and I think that's a testament to how seriously the people of this province Uh, have taken uh, heed of of Dr. Fitzgerald's advice. And I think they've really stepped up. I think the challenge now is to maintain that kind of endurance. Uh, We got a little bit of fatigue setting in. uh, And I think uh, all I can do is go back to my original comments that this is very much a marathon with hurdles uh, Mm -hmm. rather than a sprint that you can get over and done with quickly. Our goal has always been to find a way of containing the disease, and contact tracing and isolating people, we're never going to get away with zero. We can't use zero as a target. Uh, And I think uh, having acknowledged that and moved to containment and and, and identification, we have dealt with that. You've seen the odd case here and there. And apart from one household, which kind of uh, uh, got uh, the virus go through it, we have contained it. It hasn't spread into the community. Mm. I think other jurisdictions have really struggled. Uh, And I think uh, some of that, uh, particularly if you look at BC and Ontario, their numbers are leaping. I mean, it looks like a a drawing of a cliff when you look at the way their numbers are going up. And this is that period two weeks after Thanksgiving. And they've had some significant challenges with uh, uh, people paying heed. Uh, My eldest daughter lives in BC and some of her neighbors really get on a case about her wearing a mask and uh, looking after her three-year-old, um, the way she does. Uh, but she uses me as an excuse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would say you get a good excuse there. Yeah. But
1: you know, we, as a community, Newfoundland and Labrador, I mean, I I go to the the mall and, and people are doing what we've asked them to. It's great.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, in, in your departments, uh, you know, uh, a bit of praise for that is the way you guys have handled it with a bit of humor and, uh, and being real with the people and and, letting, and educating us. I think that a lot of people know a heck of a lot more about infectious disease than they did before. And, they, and we've seen in action what happens when we all sort of band together. So I think that's been a massive part of the success. So that's, that's a lot to do with your department. That's for sure. Um, well, thanks very much. I mean, I, to be fair,
1: we have a small but very, very good team.
0: hmm yeah, we had Dr. Fitzgerald on and we had a great episode talking about, you know, before the bubble opened up and what we had to continue to do. And I think that's really like what what now we're going into indoor season and holidays and you know, flu season on top of it. What do we need to continue to do going forward?
1: Well, I mean, I, I would just loop back to the beginning of this conversation. We need to look at the things we can control. So the flu shot is one of them. And mm-hmm. if it's a disease that you can avoid by taking some measures now, why would you not? I mean, there are the odd person who does have a medical reason to be careful or skeptical about uh, them particularly having the vaccine. And that's a discussion to have with your primary care provider, your nurse practitioner or or doctor. Um, uh, In terms of what else we need to do is, as Dr. Fitzgerald would say, hold fast, hold the line. Hmm. We, We need to just bear in mind that the virus is not gonna go away, uh, as quickly as we would like uh, and that we have to be prepared to to do this kind of living that we're doing at the moment for a, a while longer yet. Mm-hmm. having said that, and I know some people are um, uh, you know a bit critical they feel we've been very restrictive. but I mean you look at other jurisdictions you can't go out after eight o'clock at night until five o'clock the following morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we are talking about now, You know, what happens around the Christmas parade in St. John's, for example. There are other places where people are being fined for being out in a car because they're not going to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have the ability to mingle with our extended bubble. We have had social activities and people have kept it uh, kept it real and kept it realistic. Uh, And that's great cause for optimism. So we need to just carry on as we are at the moment. Uh, And I think, you know, as as the evidence that we see and Dr. Fitzgerald's team see might change, then obviously that's an occasion for us to look to see if we need to do anything different.
0: Mm, you know, I think people are getting used to the public health measures, the mask mandate came in, I don't think anybody balked at that really, it wasn't, it was pretty standard practice for us now. And we do live a very normal life compared to a lot of places in the world. So I agree 1000% with that. Uh, it's a big question here. And you might you might not have the answer. But what's the news or updates on anything about a vaccine around COVID-19?
1: Well, we've seen several international trials come to a halt because of some concerns around that particular strain or that particular vaccine. Um, There is a Canadian vaccine. Well, there's several, but the the one that's leading at the moment, I think, is just going into what's called phase three trials, which is kind of that last big trial step before uh, it it applies for an OK for manufacture. Now, under normal circumstances, phase three trials would take many months. Uh, but I, uh, I, I get the impression from my conversations with Health Canada and the uh, federal, provincial and territorial health ministers meetings that they are looking at that with a, a COVID lens in the sense of you know, trying to get that process done as quickly and as safely as possible. Because that's it. You see, at the end of the day, people need to have confidence that the vaccine works. Right. So that's phase three study. And they need to have confidence that this particular vaccine is safe. And that's another phase three result. So that's the next deci- decision point. And we've seen Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca vaccines kind of fall at that last stage. So uh, we've got others in the pipeline behind this particular vaccine. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, like I said a little while ago, Uh, We're hoping it'll be a quick process or a speedy process, but we don't really have a concrete timeline. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, we're looking to, um, to winter slash spring, I think, for the earliest, really.
0: Mm-hmm. We had Dr. Michael Granton, who's an infectious disease professor and researcher, and he was talking about Canada's uh, diligence when it comes to ensuring safe vaccines. So he said, "We may be a little bit longer than some places, but at the end of the day, it is likely to going to be as safe as it can be, which is important." And,
1: and that's key. I mean, everybody wants to rush and get there quickly, but I mm-hmm. want to get there safely too.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um, and talking about getting places, is there anything on the horizon for us to on the Atlantic Bubble side of things, or are we going to? wait and see how it all pans out during flu season across the country?
1: I think at the moment, the Atlantic premiers discuss this on a regular basis, but I think by and large, they're content with where we all are. I mean, New Brunswick's had its challenges. You get the odd case in Nova Scotia and here. PEI has actually done very well, Um, uh, but uh, that system seems to work. And if you listen to the national media, when they talk about COVID, it's always, Well, there's a problem here, here, and here, but the Atlantic bubble's all right. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, we're not having a good year. We've just been taken off the the international fly list as a safe country last week because of our numbers. But the Atlantic bubble's working. So, you know, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. that's where we are at the moment.
0: That's great. Well, I got to say, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. I know you have a million things on the go, but uh, that information is super important. Everybody should go out and get their flu shot. I'll repeat all the information, but anything else you'd like to leave the people with before we go?
1: No, I'd just like to thank you for your interest, Mike. I mean, I think it's it's programs like this that help us educate and inform. And as you've said, I think that's been one of our strengths. Uh, When we know stuff, we put it out there. The conspiracy theorists will say what they will say, but the vast majority of people I speak to are pleased that we share what we know as we know it. It's caused us problems because at one stage we said, well, you know, there's no evidence about masks or we won't do this with travel. And then at the end of the day, we have had to adapt because that's what the science told us. And we may yet have to change tech once again. So I think programs like this that keep that dialogue going uh, and uh, are a route for people to, to learn. Uh, and I'd just like to thank you and actually everybody for, for stepping up because we are where we are because of what you know, the Newfoundlanders and Labradorians have done to help themselves and their neighbors.
0: Well, thank you so much. And if things change, we'll be knocking on your door again for another call. Anytime, Mike. Ta- okay, you take care of yourself. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank Minister Hagee for taking the time to chat with us today. He and his team have worked tirelessly to help protect us here in the province from the pandemic and are now trying to do the same with the flu. Their advice hasn't steered us in the wrong direction and has even been shared with a bit of humor in true Newfoundland fashion. So what we just got was the newest information from our experts in public health. So what should we do? Well, we should put that into practice. With the goal of 85% of the population getting immunized for the flu and the continued practice of our public health measures, our province will be providing significant protection for those who are most vulnerable to the flu. When we look around the country and we see the strain on the healthcare system in other provinces, it makes our decision to get the flu shot even easier, especially when the department of health and the government of Newfoundland has made it free, accessible and easy for all of us. Well, thanks for listening to tonight's show. If you need to re-listen, this will be on the VOCM website with all the numbers and website information available to you. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you at the Flu shot Clinic and hopefully back here next week, tuning in for another episode of the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM.